Hello, my name is Ben, and I am the host of the Too Vague podcast this week. One word, two hosts, stories, trivia, and video games. Although maybe this week it's just one host. I don't know if I should change that when I'm hosting. I hope you are all doing well. It's been kind of a a rough couple of weeks for myself and uh, people I know. But it is what it is. You got to deal with it and move on. As one person said, that which does not kill us makes us stronger. Although comedian Norm MacDonald thought that was false because, strictly speaking, that which does not kill you actually makes you weaker. But anyway, not really happy stuff. Let's get on to, for some reason, South Korean fried toothpicks is trending on the interwebs. And uh, I took a look at it, and apparently it's some sort of a viral trend that started with people who do mukbang stuff. I saw an announcement that South Korea's food ministry has urged people not to fry and eat toothpicks. Did a little bit of research, and it seems like, I mean, most toothpicks in South Korea are made with cornstarch or sweet potato starch instead of wood which I guess is okay, but they have this green color. And if they're sanitary and being used for toothpicks, I guess. But you never know when you introduce heat into the equation what's going to happen with a toothpick or with anything, really, with any kind of plastic-like thing. But yeah, if you take a look, you can see people putting cheese on them and they kind of look like these green worms. Apparently they're delicious. I am not going to try them. It's no worse than, uh, well, no, it's much better than than Tide Pods, which was just a challenge. These dumb challenges. Let's change the subject to more positive things here, though. I've been talking with Eddie, or emailing Eddie. He was on our show on the word nature, and I've wanted to have him back. He's been busy working on Starvaders stuff and announced on his Twitter that Uh, They've been putting a lot of work into getting a pretty solid demo published on Steam sometime in February, middle to late. So once he's done with that, I'm going to ask him to be on the show. He can share a little bit of that. I will put all the information in the show notes from Eddie's Starvaders activities. So you can check him out and if you haven't wish-listed it already, go ahead and do so, because it was a lot of fun when I was at PAX this year, uh, which is kind of related to what we're going to be talking about in the main part of the show. Other news, I just made and put up a flyer and a business card dispenser. I don't do much advertising in general for the show. It's just kind of a hobby. As we've talked about before with Andrew and Nora, it's just more of an expressive sort of outlet. But I did put it up and uh, it's sitting at the coffee shop where I do all my editing. Just put an Instagram photo and post about it if you're so inclined. In other news, I just completed Soul Hackers 2, which I will be reviewing on an upcoming show. Definitely going to be less verbose than the last time, I promise. But uh, it's going to be sort of a regular segment, I guess. Whenever I complete games, I'm going to do a review. And then I've started a new cult in Massive Monsters Cult of the Lamb. (laughs) 
Yeah, I know. Not really a real cult. I don't know if you've ever played, I think I, I talked about this a little bit on a previous show, but Cult of the Lamb is this game by Massive Monster and released by Devolver Digital in 2022. You're a little lamb who's going through and has to start a cult. So it's kind of a manage. well, I mean, is asked to start a cult by some sort of deity that you end up fighting later. When I completed it, I spent about 50 hours playing it. It's got a lot of replay value. The first time through, it was the Cult of Beige was my cult name. And then this time, it's the Cult of Vague. Anywho. So yeah, the second downloadable content was released recently, which was Sins of the Flesh. It just came out in January. I didn't have a chance to play through Relics of the Old Faith, which was the first DLC. And I think these are the only two that they've announced that they're going to do. So I have uh, reinstalled and, and played through a little bit of it. It seems like both of these DLCs are focusing on endgame type stuff because it seems most of this is, is pretty much the same uh, playing through the second time. But we'll see. We'll see. Okay, I'm going to apologize. That tweeting that you hear in the background occasionally is my cat mango having fun with his little his little tweety bird while i'm recording because he likes to do that i think he knows he's bothering me maybe who knows i apologize for that in the background i'm not really in a spot where i can get up and throw the bird into the back room so we don't hear it okay so where was i I am kind of, at this point, on the fence about the next game I'm going to dive into. It was going to be Alan Wake because it seems like Alan Wake, or I mean Alan Wake 2, seems like a very interesting story. But I don't think I'm in the right headspace to play it right now. So I think I'm going to go with something like opposite. I've got a couple of other games on the list that I'm really interested in playing, but some examples, the... Resident Evil 4 remake. There were a lot of sales during Christmas that I took advantage of. So there's that. There's the new Jedi Survivor game that I'm really interested in checking out. And then also, as speaking of Eddie from the Starvaders crew, he mentioned this game Cocoon that he played. And I, I picked that when it was on sale too. So I'm thinking about playing that maybe. But here's the one I think I've settled on. Armored Core 6. It's a mech game. I haven't played a, a mech combat game in a long time. Not on this generation of consoles, certainly, and maybe even not on the previous... Oh, you know what? Scratch that. It's sort of a strategic mech combat game is 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, but not like actual first-person shooter style, third-person shooter style mech combat like Armored Core 6 is. Now, Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon is developed by From Software and published by Bandai Namco. Came out late last year. From Software has, with all their Dark Souls stuff, sort of a reputation for really hard sort of games. So that's kind of what put me off about it initially. But then I did some research and I hear that the difficulty comes with the boss fights. And those are the ones that you have to figure things out and how you're going to 
effectively arm your mech and customize it. That I'm okay with. I'm okay with difficult boss fights. It's just when everything is unapologetically hard just to be hard. That's what I don't like. We'll see how that goes. I saw a commercial with Carl Urban in it who is promoting. Sadly, he does not do any of the voices in it. He just did a a commercial. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't pick that up because Carl Urban was in the commercial. That would be a big lie. (laughs) The podcasts, they're doing well. Other than Mango being his mischievous self and Bash, the old man sitting on my lap while we record. Yeah, they're both in good health. Mango is turning seven next month and Bash is turning 20. Congratulations to them in advance. Maybe we'll sing a birthday song for them when uh, when we have... No, no, no singing. We, we covered that on the last show. Speaking of the podcasts, I recently had a chance to participate in the Quilts and Cats of Calico online multiplayer beta test, which was kind of exciting. At PAX last year, due to my schedule, you know, very tight schedule, was my first time there and representing the show, so it was... Very difficult to get all the stuff scheduled. I'm going to do it a little bit differently this year. I was able to just see a little bit of it before I had to move on to my next appointment. This game is developed and published, I think, by Monster Couch, which is a Polish game developer and publisher. Um, and so I received an invitation and I thought, hey, this is, you know, right. This is my speed. You had me at Cats. So their other game that they did was also like a previous release was this game Wingspan, which is an adaptation of a board game. Quilts and Cats of Calico is an adaptation of the board game Calico, which was designed by Kevin Russ and illustrated by Beth Sobel. It's an award-winning quilt and cat-themed board game. It was released by Flat Out Games by way of Kickstarter in 2020. A retail release occurred through Alderac Entertainment Group, AEG, shortly thereafter. The general description of the game, it sounds kind of obvious by the video game title. You are making a quilt. You're given a card and you have three spots on the card where you can put goals as far as patterns or colors. These are little hex pieces of quilt. There are six colors and six patterns distributed through all of them. So you can pick these little tiles on one of three spaces on your card where you have to fill up the card to score points as you make your quilt. These tiles have things on them that will tell you what your goals are for that tile around this hex. One goal, for example, is all six different colors and all six different patterns, you can do one or the other and you get a reduced score. So the highest score is if you match both of those. So if you do patterns and colors, but you can do one or the other and then you get a reduced score for that as you complete those three different, there are three different hexes on a card. And, you know, other things like, for example, a tile is... A-A-A-B-B-B. So that means you have to match three colors around the hex and three patterns. And you can be 
two patterns of one color, one pattern of the other, and then the opposite, and then you'll still get both goals. And then they have different ones you can choose. There's like AA-BB-CC. The easier it is to accomplish that goal, the less points you get and a lower score for just completing one of the two goals. If you complete both goals, patterns and colors, then you get the higher amount of points. And well, as you're doing this, you give two titles in front of you. If you're playing with people, right, you play yours and then you pick a random tile out of the bag and then it moves on to the next person, so on and so forth. So it just goes around like that. There are two additional pieces to this that will give you bonus points. One piece is buttons. And what happens is if you connect the same colors, you get color buttons that you can put on your quilt as bonus points. And if you get all six of them, you get a rainbow button that you can put on your quilt. And then here's where the cats part comes in. Different cats that have different preferred patterns and you'll have two pattern tiles underneath them. And those, if you put them in the arrangement that is on the card. So for example, this is just hypothetical. Let's say you had a cat mango on there. And his goal for his two patterns is that you need to build a connection of these patterns that is greater than five. So you have to connect the patterns. And if you get one of those, you get a little cat button that you can put on your quilt. There are three different cats that everyone can see and everyone can use. And that's another strategic sort of thing that you need to consider when you're playing people who are using or trying to hold on to certain patterns so they can use them for the different goals. It's got a lot of pieces to it, but it's still easy enough to pick up in one playthrough, which is really, really great, I think. It's a wonderful game. Now, I haven't played the board game version. I haven't learned my lesson. I played the the beta from Monster Couch and on the strength of that beta, I bought the manual version for my friend Michaela. Uh, but I think this is going to be good. She's a game night person, so I think she'll really enjoy this. During the beta, they were just testing the multiplayer piece of it. You would It would be randomly paired up with two other opponents, so it was a three-player game. I think the board game is between one and four players. I'm not sure that they're going to do online matching with four or if they're just going to stick to three. Three seemed like it was okay. It was a lot of fun to play with three people. I won more than half my games, which is kind of surprising to me anyway. (laughs) It was great. It was a lot of fun. There is no in-game chat feature. So I, during this beta test, I was doing it on Steam. I relied pretty heavily on my Steam app, which would tell me when my turn was up, which is kind of, I wasn't expecting it. I was like, oh, okay. What they did for the beta was you had to make your move within three minutes or else you would be kicked out of the game and I guess the game would end. That didn't happen to me. So I don't know if it just replaces the player with an AI opponent 
and kicks the other person out or what. I probably spent about 10 hours playing the beta and definitely something I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the story mode. If they're just going to do AI opponents or if they're going to do something a little bit more elaborate with a story, I could see either way. It could be fun. So yeah, great job. Monster Couch for capturing what I'm guessing is pretty much the the spirit. I mean, I went to Alderac Entertainment Group's website and you can get a PDF of the instruction booklet. And comparing that, they just nailed the whole look of it perfectly. Oh, and then also, <laughs> this is one thing that's not in the actual game. So the cats that have the different goals as you're playing, they will be curled up above the quilt, sleeping. And then there's this little button that you can press that will wake them up, and then you can pet the cats while they're awake and walking on your quilt. And then you can click on that again, and they'll go up to the top of the screen, and they'll fall asleep. That was kind of a cute thing, too. Thank you very much, Monster Couch, for sending me a key. I really appreciate it. Love the beta. Can't wait to play more. So that is the show. We've got some great words coming up in no particular order. The word narrative with Andrew. We've got folklore, which we're going to be doing with Nora. And then the word dance with a new co-host, Star. So stay tuned for that. On that note, thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of the Too Vague Podcast. My name is Ben. And I've been your host. Have a wonderful night. Bye.